It's a pleasure to be here today. And I was well prepped by my team in Chicago about what to speak about today. And I looked at that quite a bit over the last two days and threw it away last night. If you want to know my history, Google. All right, about half of what you read will be true. So I thought today, rather than speak about what was expected, I would speak about what's unexpected, which is advice that I will give to you, which was given to me when I was younger. Because we all share a common starting point at this point in our lives. If I take the time to go through this room to talk about the accomplishments each and one of you have enjoyed in life to date, it's incredibly impressive. You've done extremely well. The best schools, the best grades, interesting research, papers, thoughts. It's a wonderful start. Because the real journey in your life is about to begin. What you do in the next 40, 50, 60, 70 years will be what you'll be remembered for. No one has ever asked me my GPA since I left Harvard. 20 years. Maybe my wife did at one point. <laughs> I remember when I was in college, I was, as Spence said, I was trading a small partnership engaged in convertible bond arbitrage. And I faced a decision about what to do next with my life, what to do after school. And I spoke to all the big firms about career opportunities, job opportunities, and going to the best schools, going to the best curriculums, having the best grades, will open the doors at every firm around the world to you. And I was very close to joining a firm in New York, and one of the principals of that firm took me aside when I was younger. He was one of the youngest SMDs at the firm, one of the most successful rising stars, and he said, you can come here, but it's the wrong call. You see, I'm trapped here. I've done incredibly well for 10 or 15 years. I'm married, children, bills to pay. I could never walk away for, from where I am in life. And yet I've done very well, but this isn't where I want to be. And you are young, you have no responsibilities, you don't have to worry about paying your mortgage. Pursue the most entrepreneurial job you can find. Pursue what you're most passionate about. You can always come here. Now, if I look at my classmates at Harvard, most of them made the safe choice. They went to the firms with the most prestigious names, and they pursued that path. And many of them pursued paths that created credibility on their resume and tremendous job dissatisfaction. My best friend did consulting. Peak of his one-year experience was he'd pitched to AT&T to buy American Online. After an hour, there were no questions. We all know the story of where AOL went from the 1989 um, to mid-90s. He got in a car back to Manhattan and said, I will never do this again. And today, there are 10 different companies he controls around the world pursuing venture capital, middle capital, private equity. He does what he loves today, and he does it exceedingly well. And so when I was in college, I was the one member of my class 
who went to work for a firm with no name in Chicago called Glenwood Partners with a million dollars of capital to trade. And if I did well, they'd let me go start my own firm. And if I didn't, they'd send me off to business school. What I've learned in the years since then is it's not where you've worked on your resume that matters, it's the experiences that you've had, it's the opportunities that you've had, and you're at that point in your life where you should take the high-risk road, the road that ignites your passions, the road that when you look back in 10 or 15 years is the road that you will say was well-traveled and well-enjoyed. Don't get caught up in trying to further satisfy what's expected of you by society. There's tremendous pressure on you to continue to take the choice. You've gone to the gold-plated firms with the best reputations to go to the gold-plated firms with the best reputations. Pursue what you love. Oh, and by the way, my friend worked at Bear Stearns. And today, I have tremendous job security not because of where I work, but because of the skills I've developed over the last 15 years. And if I look over the last 15 years, the reason I'm here today, I think, is the role that Citadel plays in the world's capital markets. We are the largest trader of equities in the United States. We trade more 10-year bonds than any investment bank. We're more active in the options market than any firm in the world. 1,200 people have more impact in finance day in and day out than any other firm in the world. And it's an incredibly exciting place to work. And in the last three years, we've been involved in three very high-profile events in the financial markets. The rescue of Amaranth and their 30-some billion dollar energy portfolio that have created $5 billion of losses in partnership with J.P. Morgan. We bought Sowood's portfolio in a weekend. And we'll talk about that for a second. And we rescued E-Trade, which was the third largest SNL in America. In two weeks, we stopped a run on one of America's biggest banks. I'd like to talk about Sowood for just a second because it epitomizes what makes Citadel work. And I think it talks a lot about what creates success in life. Sowood was one of America's largest credit-oriented hedge funds. Last July, their 30-some billion dollar portfolio incurred substantial losses in the course of just a few trading days. And they literally ran out of cash. Now we were in dialogue with them during the week in which their problems were emerging. On Sunday, I had a phone call with the head of Sowood, who was clearly in dire straits. And I said, what solution do you need? We need to sell our $36 billion portfolio before the open of business tomorrow. Okay. Okay, we can do that. I'm thinking we can do this. I called 35 of my colleagues on a Sunday. I sent eight people to Boston, which was their headquarters. We, by within two hours, had their entire portfolio thousands of investments, thousands of positions, and we were in competition with another large investment bank to find a solution to Sowood's problem, to buy their portfolio before the opening of the next day. 
By late afternoon, I had people in their offices in Boston. We divided the work amongst seven different teams. At 9 o'clock at night, the head of the other investment banks team that was working on this called me from home. He'd gone home. Nice house in Greenwich, I'm sure. He said, look, Ken, I'm going to sleep. We'll chat in the morning. Maybe something will get done. Who knows? I said, this is going to get done tonight. He's like, well, good luck. By 2 in the morning, we had analyzed every one of their major risk portfolios. By 5 in the morning, we had priced the entire risk in the portfolio. At 7 a.m., we signed definitive documents and stopped one of the greatest credit catastrophes in the American economy dead in its track. Credit spreads, the day, after, the day we bought the portfolio in the U.S., tightened by 25% and changed the cost of borrowing of every company in the world. And I'm incredibly proud to be a part of that story of watching 40 people tear through thousands of investments, $36 billion of risk transference done in 19 hours. I'm from a state of great politicians. My mayor's here today. But there are some words that I'd like to leave you with as you pursue the next phase of your life. Things may come to those who wait, but only those things left behind by those who hustle. Thank you so much for your time today. Take a couple questions. And, and uh, one mistake. The quote is from Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> to put it in perspective. We have a couple questions, I understand? Yes, if you have a question, just move to the microphone. Thank you so much for your comments. My name is Tori Hogan, and I'm from McLean, Virginia, and I'm uh, just finished with Harvard. So. What I want to know, as a 26-year-old who is about to launch my own film and education company, how did you get through the tough times? I love that you're inspiring us to think risky and take big chances at a young age, but it's not always easy. So I would love to hear how you kind of got through and persevered. It's persistence. The one trait that separates most winners from losers is persistence. And it's those very dark days that define what your firm will be and who you will be. You know, you can look back on my career and go, wow, what a success story. I can tell you what a series of failures which are overshadowed by accomplishment. And I'll give you a little footnote on this. Last year, we lost about $65 billion in our investment portfolio on our losers. We made 70-some billion dollars on what we got right. Just to put it in perspective, $65 billion of mistakes, $72 billion of we got it right. All right? Life is full of difficult times. And, you know, I, I look at the challenges that we have to overcome. Every one of our businesses has gone through a period, I call it adolescence. You start something, there's the euphoria of the launch, you get the right people around, you have some initial successes, you think things are going great. And then the first derailing events occur. Somebody leaves, a customer you lose. This happens in every single business that we built. And it takes three or four years to really pull together a world-class team and to put yourself in a position to succeed. 
but you're 26 years old. And if you fail, you've chosen the right country to fail in. America loves the entrepreneur who failed. I kid you not. Because they will back that person again in a heartbeat. And it's one of the great things about America. You can fail in America. You can fail time and time again. It's a country that forgives. And each time you go through a failure success, there's valuable life experience that you'll carry your entire life. I remember some of the smaller things that I did over the early days in Citadel, abysmal failures. Most people don't remember, Jack Welch's first big decision at GE was semiconductors. It was a billion dollar plus failure. Don't read about it very often, do you? We'll take one more question. Uh, you started with it, and I don't know if uh, you have further definition. Did you have the team in place when this happened, and how did you put that team together? So over the course of the journey, I've worked with many people. In the early years, the search for talent was tough. I'm 21 years old, come join me. <laughs> Woman who runs my operations team, she's outstanding. She went and told her boyfriend that she was going to give up her job at a big firm to come work for somebody who was 22. And he said, you have got to be nuts. She's now one of the most successful women in finance. Great career. She's a dear partner of mine. She's very close to me. I think the world of her. Now, no doubt about it, we attract much better people today than we did 18 years ago. When I competed with Goldman Sachs for talent in 94, I would lose basically 100%. I'd make an offer, Goldman makes an offer, we fight tooth and nail, young person goes to Goldman. Every time. We'll now take about six out of seven in that same war for talent. We'll take six out of seven. I've had to change a lot of people around me as the business has grown and developed. Those have been tough decisions. But as a firm grows, some people can grow with an institution. They can grow in terms of responsibility and what they must do, and other people can't. It's important to have a meritocracy. It's important to be fair with people. But part of being fair to everyone around you is to make the tough calls around those who can't step forward with the firm. I'll give you a, a little note. One of my partners retired. His children have terrible food allergies, and he's committed his life and his fortune to finding a cure for his children. And the last thing he told me when he left is, Ken, I've kept track of all the people I've interviewed over the years. He had interviewed over 5,000 people at the time he had left me in 2005. 5,000 people. And we will see 5,000 undergraduate applications this year for 50 jobs. Nothing is more important than the people you put around you. Nothing. Thank you so much for your time today. <laughs>